are listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. Give me a go, no, go for launch. Booster. Go. Retro. Go. Vital. We go fly. Guidance. Guidance, go. Surgeon. Go flight. Ecom. Or go flight. GNC. Or go. Telmuse. Go. Control. Go flight. Procedures. Go. Inco. Go. FAO. We are go. Network. Go. Recovery. Go. Capcom. We're go flight. Launch control. This is Houston. We are go for launch. Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Good evening to you one and all, and welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and hoodoo is my business. Welcome back, one and all. Welcome back. We're so happy to see you all, but we want to take a moment and send out a particular welcome back. Glad to see you here. Hope you're doing well to your friend and mine, Tata Candelo Kimbiso. Welcome back, bro. Glad you're here. Did you call your mama? Okay. Well, we're so glad he made it back safe and sound. We was afraid. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what we all thought. 
we all thought that here in the new America, uh, here in uh, Herr Trump's America, they had Brother Candelo off in a little room, and they were saying things like, oh, why you call yourself Candelo? Where'd you get that hat? Where'd you get that hat? That's what, that's what we thought. But we were wrong. He was fine. He was safe. He was doing great, having a wonderful time. And now he's returned, and we're so happy to have him back with us. And I am happy to see you all. Last week, Blog Talk Radios decided that uh, it wasn't going to work. <clears throat> and I got to tell you, uh, chief engineer here at the LMC Radio Network, uh, Troll Towelhead, and I, uh, oh, a good 40 minutes trying to get the show to start. We did everything we knew, and nothing would work. And so I want to apologize to y'all that there was no show last week. But don't sweat it and don't fret it, because you get that show today. You get that show tonight. And how much is it going to cost you? It's free of charge. That's right. You can't beat it. It is absolutely 100% free of charge. So sit back relax, and bring your delicate shell-shaped ears near the speakers or your headset or your earbuds. You'd actually put your earbuds into your delicate shell-like ears to hear the melodious tones of my voice as I direct you and your friends, family, lovers, and well-wishers over to the LMC Radio Newsroom, where our own Phil Patchy Fogg is standing by this week. Take it away, Patchy. Good evening. This is Philip Fogg reading the news. Today is Thursday, March 30th the 89th day of 2017. There are 83 days until the summer begins and 276 days left in the year. Today and tomorrow will be auspicious days to cut firewood, mow to increase growth, dig holes, host a party, travel for pleasure, and kill plant pests. The second and third of April will be good days to plant seed beds and start flower gardens. During this period, plant tomatoes, beans, peppers, corn, cotton, and other above-ground crops on these most fruitful days. Seeds planted before this date will tend to rot in the ground. From now till the 1st of April will be poor days for evening fishing. Our highlight in history comes to us today from this date in 1867 when U.S. Secretary of State William H. Seward reached agreement with Russia to purchase the territory of Alaska for $7.2 million, the rough equivalent of $125 million today a deal ridiculed by critics as Seward's folly. Also on this date, in 1822, Florida became a United States territory. In 1870, the 15th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which prohibited denying citizens the right to vote and hold office, 
on the basis of rape, race, was declared in effect by Secretary of State Hamilton Fish. Also on this date, Texas was readmitted to the Union. In 1923, the Canard Line RMS Lacona became the first passenger ship to circle the globe as it arrived in New York. In 1945, during World War II, the Soviet Union invaded Austria with the goal of taking Vienna, which it accomplished two weeks later. In 1959, a narrowly divided United States Supreme Court in Bartkus versus Illinois ruled that a conviction in state court following an acquittal in federal court for the same crime did not constitute double jeopardy. In 1975, as the Vietnam War neared its end, communist forces occupied the city of Da Nang. In 1981, President Ronald Reagan was shot and seriously injured outside a U.S. Washington, D.C. hotel by John W. Hinckley, Jr. Also wounded were White House Press Secretary James Brady, Secret Service Agent Timothy McCarthy, and District of Columbia Police Officer Thomas Delhanty. Today's LMC birthday greetings go out to game show host Peter Marshall, who is 91 today. Actor John Astin is 87. Actor-director Warren Beatty is 80. Rock musician Graham Edge of the Moody Blues is 76. Rock musician Eric Clapton is 72. Actor Justin Dees, 69. Actor Paul Reiser, 60. And rap artist MC Hammer is 54. We also want to send out special air birthday greetings to... Miss Aida, whose birthday was on the 25th, and Miss Melanie, whose birthday was on the 26th. Our thought for today comes from Benjamin N. Cardoza, U.S. Supreme Court Justice, born 1870, died 1938, who said, quote, Prophecy, however honest, is generally a poor substitute for experience. This has been the news from the LMC Radio News Desk, and we now turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Numbers. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Or even make me suspicious. Table with 13 dishes. Is will make me suspicious. Haven't seen. Hey, that's mommy. Yeah? Yeah, man. Well, okay. Put my trust in good for dust. Cause you know someday it may bring you a seven. Or maybe a lucky 11. Oh, that's easy in heaven. Oh, yes, and you need not just trust in Goofer Dust, as advised by the Nicholas Brothers, because we have the lucky numbers and card for you here each and every week. 
This week's lucky numbers, as every week's lucky numbers, are brought to us by ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not stop on by there and take a look? And they are 1, 5, 14, 31, and 45. Once again, those lucky numbers are 1, 5, 14, 22, 31, and 45. I have to take a moment here to tell you a little something. This, this uh, week, we have uh, the number one in our set of lucky numbers. And this is a very rare occurrence. You don't often see in a tabulation, in a situation where you calculate lucky numbers, the number one th- fly up. And there are a number of different reasons for that. It does happen from time to time. And I have to tell you that it has happened this week, and I have a very good feeling about it and five this week. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 131. One. That's 131. 424. That's 424. And 555. That's 555. And I have to tell you that I feel that 424 is the hottest of those three numbers. The card of the week is the Ace of Diamonds, a gift. This week, we see the coming of unexpected gifts and small material gains. This will be a week of optimism and hope, even if just in small matters. A profitable time to plant seeds, both material and spiritual, and to finally start those projects that you have been sitting on. Take care this week against being cynical, scornful, or fretful. Well, if you know, I got to tell you something about this. These uh, the numbers in the card are calculated earlier in the day. They're calculated early in the morning, each and every Thursday before the long before it's time for us to go on to the show. And I have to tell you that uh, today it amused me. It amused me that I already know two people today who received a gift in the mail. I know of at least two separate people, particularly since it came in the mail. Well, our numbers come to us each and every week here, and our week runs Thursday to Thursday. So check in with the Now You Know show for the new numbers and new card when they come out each and every week. Until then, good luck to you all. If you hit, remember where you get. Up next, the one and only adored, beloved Miss Loretta with Cooking with Miss Loretta. Miss Loretta Martin thought she was a woman, but she was another man. All the girls around her say she's got it coming, but she gets it while she can.
Hi, y'all. It's so good to be with y'all again. And uh, I had this recipe for um, y'all last week. So the only difference is that uh, this week uh, they don't get to eat it in the uh, over. I brought some in. And uh, we had some of it in the the rec room here at the studio at the station. And uh, this week they don't get none because I didn't cook it again. Excuse me. I have been getting a lot of lovely, lovely letters from you all asking me about all sorts of different things about crockpots. And so I'm going to try to bring you the best answers I know about these crock pots. Next week, we're even going to talk a little bit about the care and cleaning of your crock pot. And I found out that a lot of people are a little scared of them. And I don't quite know why. I mean, I understand why people are scared of pressure cookers because those are kind of scary, or at least they used to be in the old days. And I remember my... My grandma, uh, her pressure cooker had a, a bobber on it made of metal, and it would just sit there and go, rat tat 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 and I always thought it was like, oh, it's going to explode. And so I get why people are a little afraid of pressure cookers, but there's no reason to be afraid of a crock pot. It's not going to do anything to you. So one of the other questions that I got asked about was, do I need multiple crock pots? If I wanted to cook a dinner and I wanted everything in that dinner, I didn't want to cook something together like a soup or a stew. I wanted to cook separate things. Wouldn't I need three or four uh, crock pots? And Lisa R. wrote in to ask us this. And so just for you tonight, Lisa, I have a very special uh recipe to share with you so you can think about the fact that maybe if you just are a little tricksy, you won't need more than one crock pot. So tonight's recipe is the all-in-one crock pot pork chop dinner. And I'm going to give these to you. And I hope that you like a nice pork chop dinner because if you do, I think you're going to enjoy this. The ingredients that you're going to need for your all-in-one crock pot dinner are as follows. Four to five pork chops, and I like to use um, a thinner cut pork chop on this. I don't get the big center cut pork chops. I just use the regular pork chops when they have them. In the grocery store, and it says, you know, like, oh, spare pork chops or whatever in the big package is the best pork chops for this. Pardon me. Four to five medium russet potatoes or red potatoes cut into wedges. Four to six mini frozen ears of corn. These are the little ones. One 10.7 five ounce can of condensed golden mushroom or beefy mushroom soup, one small medium onion sliced, one cup sliced mushrooms, olive oil enough to sear your pork chops with, steak seasoning, whatever your favorite steak seasoning is, 
salt to taste, and two tablespoons of butter and aluminum foil. All right, now let's get down to how you're going to make this because it's just as easy as can be. A lot easier than the pie, I guarantee you. First, you will season your pork chops with your favorite steak seasoning on both sides. Then heat a large skillet over medium heat and add a bit of olive oil to it. When your pan is hot, place the pork chops in the skillet and sear the chops. I cannot emphasize this enough. Do not put the pork chops in until the skillet's hot. You're not cooking these. You're searing them. Once you've done that, turn the pork chops over and sear the other side. And then remove to a plate, and I like to put a little piece of paper towel, two or three pieces of paper towel down on my plate. Put it on top of that to catch the extra oil and set it aside. Now, once you've done that and you've got your crock pot all together, you're going to take your crock pot and lightly spray on the inside of your crock pot with a nonstick spray. Then add your your pork chops to the six-quart crock pot and pour your golden mushroom or beefy mushroom, whichever is your favorite soup, over the pork chops and scatter your onions and mushrooms on top. Then, on a sheet of aluminum foil, just draw out a sheet of aluminum foil, put it down on your counter, And on your sheet of aluminum foil, you're going to add your potato wedges, add one tablespoon of butter, and sprinkle just a little bit of the steak seasoning on top. Gather the ends of the foil together and make a foil pouch out of it. Then using a second sheet of aluminum foil, you're going to do the same thing, only you're going to add your ears of corn. Add another tablespoon of butter on top of the ears of corn and a bit of salt or seasoned salt to your taste. And again, gather up the ends and make a second foil pouch. Now, once these two foil pouches are made, you're going to place the potato pouch directly on top, directly over your pork chops and gravy. And then you're going to place the corn foil pouch on top of the potato pouch. Then tightly cover your crock pot and put it down on low and cook for six hours, depending on your crock pot, or until the pork chops are fully cooked and the potatoes and corn are tender. When it's time to serve this, you take the lid off, all the steam comes out, you take your You take your foil pouch of your corn out, open it up real careful because you don't want to burn your fingers, and take your corn out, put it onto your plates to serve. Take your potatoes pouch out, open it again real careful because of the steam. Serve your potatoes with a serving spoon up to your plates. Then get yourself a meat fork. Take pork chop, one pork chop per plate out. Get yourself a spoon. Take out some of that delicious mushroom gravy 
whether it's golden mushroom or beefy mushroom with the onions and the extra mushrooms you put on top and put that dress each pork chop with that and serve. And there you go. Lisa asked, Lisa R. asking, Lisa, honey, here you go. You don't need more than one crock pot. You, if you have a large crock pot, six, six quarts or larger, you can cook your entire meal in one crock pot with just a little aluminum foil. Lisa, I hope you and everybody else that's listening enjoys this recipe and give it a try. Make yourself some foil pouches to put in your crock pot. You'll be surprised how many things you can cook together. And their flavor won't join if you seal it up good and tight. Be sure to crimp your edges. This has been Miss Loretta for Cooking for Miss Loretta. And now we turn you back over to the professor for the pontification. Bye. Oh, thanks, Miss Loretta. Hey, who knew? I got to be honest with you, did not know. Had no idea that you could do that. I have seen products. Uh, they're like little stands that go into a crock pot. They're little metal stands so that you can cook this over here and that over there. But I never even thought about that. What an excellent idea. And as Miss Loretta said, we did have this here uh, in the green room, in the rec room at the studio last week and it was delicious i mean it was perfect absolutely flawless hope you like it as much as i did because i went back and got seconds up next the professor's pontification this week high and low magic or who are you trying to fool with that? It's just a wheel that keeps going round. What goes up must come down. Spinning wheel got to go round. Talking about your troubles, it's a crying sin. Ride a painted pony, let the Painted pony on the spinning wheel 
Congratulations to you both. You both got the cookie on that one. Bravo. Candelo. Almost never. See, everybody gets so excited that the typos increase because people want, I got to read the first typo at the first step. And so um, it's a primarily, it's a song about the changes in life and how things come and go, but it's also a song about, as you can no doubt uh, guess, about a carousel. It's about a carousel. You see, they're simulating a little piece of music, Ach du lieber Augustine, <laughs> in fact, that you would hear uh, 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 with a, a carousel. Tonight on the pontification, we're going to talk about low and high music. No, excuse me, magic. Yeah, we're talking about music at the moment. Low and high magic. I want y'all to to get ready because tonight's going to be a a, a a a a quote a quote quotable night. Tonight's going to be a very quotable night. You can write down a lot of what I'm going to say tonight and bring it to me at this year's Hoodoo Heritage Festival, the 2017 Hoodoo Heritage Festival in beautiful sunny Forestville, California, uh, May 13th and 14th. And I'll sign my name to it. I'll sign my name to everything that I'm going to say tonight in this pontification. Uh, unfortunately, uh, if you want that, you'll have to do it yourself. You cannot send off to Pueblo, Colorado for a transcription of tonight's show. I'm sorry, but we do not get transcriptions for the show via Pueblo, Colorado. A few of you know what the hell I'm talking about. High and low magic. We've touched on this a bit before, uh, but we're going to come back to it in full force tonight. There are some concepts that you hear talked about 
And you hear these words batted around in a variety of magical and spiritual communities. But of late, we've started to see its emergence out into the Hoodoo and Conjure community. And I have to tell you that it's got me uh, just livid. I mean, just livid that it's come into our community now. So let me back up and explain to you what it is we're talking about. There are people that wander around and they say, when examining a piece of magic or a magical practice or an entire school of magical or spiritual thought, they describe it as being high, advanced, worthy. Or they describe it as being low, 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 and primitive, and dark, and dangerous, and problematic. That's a new word, problematic. Problematic. It's actually not a new word, but it's, it's new in its usage in situations like this. It's problematic. And... The problem with this is I would say and a half to nine times out of ten what this is actually based off of, this concept, when you get down to the nitty and the gritty of it, when you cut away all the fat and you get right down to the bone, uh, what you're dealing with here is good old-fashioned racism, good old-fashioned racism, good old-fashioned superiority, good old and when I say old-fashioned, I mean at least as far back as uh, the reign of Queen Victoria. Uh, <clears throat> we are not amused. Uh, the reign of Queen Victoria and the Victorian era, and a little bit before that. But that's really where it kind of bloomed, where you've got all of these Ernst Weil Victorian cigar pipes smoking anthropologists sitting around delineating what qualifies what qualifies as what qualifies as what qualifies as a real culture what qualifies as a real society what qualifies as a civilization you see and of course to have a civilization you must have pottery and if your group does not have pottery, you're not civilized. And to have a, a civilization, your group must have basket making. And if you don't have basket making, you're not, you're not, you're not really civilized. You're not really a culture. And of course, you must have the wheel. And if you don't have the wheel, if you don't have the wheel, then of course, you're not really civilized. And you're not really a culture. Now, facts be damned. Like, facts be damned. All right? I mean, like, you can go and find some civilization that didn't have the wheel, and they have everything you'd want. They have architecture, they have literature, they have an alphabet, they have uh, a system and series of laws, they have social classes, they have uh, family units, they have religion, myth, they have, uh, they have fucking astronomy, they've got fucking everything, but they don't got the fucking wheel. 
So because they don't got the fucking wheel, these uh, men of letters and men of great thought literally said, well, they're not really civilized. They're primitives, old boy, don't you know? They're primitives. Oh, goodness, I mean, we have to be very careful when we go out and mingle around the primitives. After all, my dear old boy, the deeper the jungle, the better one dresses for dinner. <laughs> so, literally, I mean, I'm telling you, this I'm not making this shit up, all right? You can go and check it out, pal. Go and check it out. There are certain, there are certain civilizations that didn't have the wheel. You might think that's fucking impossible, but they instead what they had was primarily sled-like creations who the bars of those sleds, the, quote, feet of those sleds, were lined with volcanic glass. And they were able to move things around just, just as handily as if you had a wheel. All right? And so because they did not have the wheel, these, quote, high cultures, these, quote, high society – these, quote, high civilizations said that they were low civilizations and that they didn't really count. Now, let me just clue you into something. This is a game. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there were some truly fucked up, hypocritical uh, uh, intelligentsia who actually honestly uh, – but believe that. And by the way, we said to Secret Void, the Secret Void of the Night is Intelligentsia. You win $100. Anyway, a duck is going to come down right about now. So I'm sure, I mean, they honestly, Ernst, Ernst Wiley believed it. But a lot of other people used this. You see, in other words, when you start looking at who qualifies as a real culture, a real civilization, you start finding out that it's a really tiny list. And I can guarantee you that the people not on the list just so happen to be the people that we're currently colonizing. So if we have colonial ambitions and colonial aims on someone who happens to live in Polynesia or, uh, or you know, uh, uh, Burma or where the fuck ever they happen to live uh, or the plains – of uh, North America, or wherever, the Canadian wilderness, wherever, there's always something that their society lacks in terms of these men of letters, qualifiers for what is a real civilization. Shockingly, the cultures and civilizations that these individuals feel theirs was built on, even though it wasn't really, uh, such as the Greeks, they're always real civilizations. So in other words, our people that came before us that we trace our line from, they're great. They're fantastic. Real civilizations, 100%, every last one of them. And in fact, we're going to take all of their bullshit failures and sweep them under the fucking carpet and forget about them. Now, you may be asking yourself at this point, that's fascinating and great, and you're a funny dude, Professor Porterfield, but what the fuck does this have to do with – hoodoo. Well, what this has to do with hoodoo is this. We have gotten to a point where most of us, uh, culturally speaking, are intelligent enough and worldly enough and human enough to not engage in these stupid games anymore. We don't come in and say, 
Well, you know, uh, I'm just saying, buddy, you know, uh, the thing about Jamaicans is I don't like the way they cook food, and so they're not really people. And when people say that shit, we go, well, you're a racist fuck, all right? And generally speaking, this sort of shit isn't allowed to play. When people do play it, and we start saying things like, oh, well, you know, uh, 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 black people don't really, they're not really similar, and this, that, we pretty much immediately go, well, oh, racist cocksucker. All right? Uh, this is a racist son of a bitch. Even if that son of a bitch's name is Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions, Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions, first of all, where did he drop the picket? Because you know that name needed picket in it, right? It needed to be Jeffrey Beauregard Picket, right? Jeffrey Beauregard Picket Samuels, you know, Jackson Sessions, right? I mean, the fuck? Who is this guy? He sounds like a he's like a Harper Lee character come to life, and somehow somebody made him, you know. Oh god. Oh, anyway, sorry, lost it there for a minute. I'm back now. The point is, we clearly identify when people do this as it being a matter of bullshit, okay? Except in one really big arena, and that arena is religion, spirituality, and magic. Religion, spirituality, and magic. And there, this language is allowed all the time. In fact, there's a certain pride taken in it. We don't practice such low and dark arts. We are elevated. We are spiritual. We are enlightened to the universal light of peace, harmony, and joy. We would never do anything fill in the And no one walks up and says, well, you're a goddamn racist, because it just so happens that all the magic, all the spirituality, and all the religion that you call all those names happens to be practiced by people that are not members of your goddamn race that come from that. What gets worse is they want to actually appropriate those magics and spiritualities and, quote, clean them up, clean them up. Oh, we would never, ever, ever, never, ever use actual dirt from a grave. How horrific. Can you think of anything worse than going to a graveyard and stealing, stealing, let me show my ignorance, stealing the dirt from a grave and taking it back and putting it on things? How repellent. Ooh. Instead, we'll just use this plant. And we'll tell you that this plant ground up is actually that thing. Oh, and by the way, that plant does have a, a history in our tradition of being known as something that grows in a graveyard. It's thought of as a graveyard plant. So at least we tried a fucking little bit. <sighs> Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? And it happens all the time. Now listen, sit yourself down and get the fuck ready because I'm going to pull the roof off of this one. I, here we go. Let me tell you something. Right now, today, we're in the midst of a very popular period for hoodoo root work and conjure. In fact, 
Hoodoo Root Working Conjure is so popular today that I personally am going to bet anyone who wants to take it that within a year, 365 days, of my voice going out into the Internet right now saying what I'm saying, it's so popular that within a year, it won't be popular anymore. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I think we're reaching the crest of the wave. Thank God. Thank God. But I think we're reaching the crest of the wave. And right now, the word hoodoo is popular in many people's mouths. Now, there are people that look down on those people in the same group, so the word root work is very very, very popular, very, very popular in the mouths of people who look down on those people. And then there are people who really think they're very, very serious people. They're very serious conjurers. They're, oh, scary, spooky magicians, and they have grimoires filled with the blood of thousand-year-old goats making the letter. And so the word that's popular in their mouths is conjure. So the point is, they're all three, they're all using the words hoodoo, root work, and conjure, but they've decided to divide it up. They've decided that hoodoo, that's kind of a, that's kind of a teeny bopper word in their minds. That's kind of a popular, that's kind of the Archies singing sugar, sugar, oh, sugar, sugar, bum, 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 bum. Okay, that's a little too, that's a little too uh, 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 commercial for them, a little too generic for them. They don't like that word hoodoo, and they think they're better than that. And they think they're a little more refined, and so they use the word root work. And that primarily means that they're very interested in herbs and good for them. They may have an herbal degree or have taught an herbal class or taken an herbal class. They like teas a lot and tinctures, so they use the word root work, and they would never be caught dead using the word hoodoo because that's a little too – once again, the Archies singing sugar, sugar. Then the people above them who think of themselves as very serious, mysterious, very sinister, mysterious sort of fellows who like to use the skins of toads for things. Uh, these are the sort of guys, if you need the skin of a toad, they've got one, and they've probably actually got uh, books uh, 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 covered in toad skin, and they like to use the word conjure, and they are conjurers, and they like to be underlit and uh, – they would probably, you know, just cream their jeans if they could hang out with Alan Moore. So if you don't know who Alan Moore is, you're on your own. Go look it up yourself, man. Okay. Uh, I know at least one person in the chat room who knows who Alan Moore is, probably two. But uh, yeah, so there you go. You know, uh, in fact, absolutely two people in the chat room know who Alan Moore is. But the point is they, they're conjurers. Okay. So now we've got these people, and they've taken the words, and they have no interest in how the culture works because they just want the information. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, what we've got is a misappropriation, misidentification, misdirection of what hoodoo, conjure, and root work is, and they're passing this around, and they're passing it around on the fucking internet and on Twitter and on their phones, which all travel at the speed of freaking light. And so what does that mean? That means, children, that we have arrived at the point where we're engaging in one thing. Malformation. That's right. Malformation. That's right. Malformation is what we're dealing in here. So I used to be a printer, so let me tell you something about printing, particularly – in the state of printing once the photocopier was developed. If you take a document and you make a photocopy of it, and you take – and you make a photocopy of that, 
and you take that photocopy, and you photocopy that, and you take that photocopy, and you photocopy that, and you keep doing that, you will end up with one of two things, either a piece of white paper or a piece of black paper, depending on a lot of different settings that have to do with light and, and photo uh, emulsion and closeness of fonts and boldness of text. and You don't even need to know. But the point is that it malforms each iteration. So this is basically the photocopy version of telephone, the kid's game telephone. And that's what's going on, the kid's game telephone. Someone says, oh, no, can't use graveyard dirt. No way, Jose. So instead, they use mullion. All right. Then somebody else says, oh, boy, the idea of feeding somebody my mineral blood just makes me want to vomit. So I would never do that. And therefore, I'm never going to teach it. And I'm going to say it's not right and correct. So what's happening here is this. People from outside cultures are bringing their cultural attitudes, their cultural beliefs, their cultural mores into the world of hoodoo root work and conjure and they are touring hoodoo root work and conjure to fit their cultural more cultural beliefs cultural comfort level etc and that my friends is two things write it the fuck down because that's two things that is colonization and its good buddy pal that comes along later, gentrification. Write it down and bring it to me and I'll sign my name to it. Here is my proclamation. You and I now live in the period of time of hoodoo gentrification. I shit thee not. You and I now live in the time period of hoodoo gentrification. You can see it everywhere, every day, all the fucking time. Let me give you one example. Candle work is now one of the single most popular forms of hoodoo work. There's nothing wrong with candle work. Candle work is wonderful. There are many fantastic candle workers. Uh, there are excellent books that have been written about it. It's a completely legitimate and honest form of hoodoo conjure practice. But it has become the preeminent, the above all others, form of hoodoo work at this point in time. Don't believe me? Go ask some people who run major hoodoo stores. Go ask them what they sell. Go ask them what they're asked to do. Go talk to workers who take clients who are in a position where they are accommodating the client's needs or designs or desires over instructing the clients. Ask them what they get called on to do the most. Candle work. Why? I want to tell you why right now. It's the beauty of the candle? No. It's the fascination of fire? No. <laughs> no, Henri. It's not the fascination of fire. It's the – The worshipfulness of light? No, no, no. The connection back to the divine? No, no, no. The descent of the holy breath into the physical? What? Where did this oh, – okay.
okay, no, wow, with the serious Judaism, go talk to the Chabad guys. No, it's easy. It's easy. It's clean. It's accessible for a price. It has a set price. The price doesn't go too high. It's easy to obtain. Candles are everywhere. It's colorful. It can be disguised as other things and put in front of other people. There's no risk. There's very little effort. There's very little effort to it. That's not to say it's not good, solid work. It is good, solid work. It's not to say the people doing it aren't doing good, solid work. I'm sure they are. The point is it's something that's easy for white people to do. There you go. I said it. Write it down. Bring it to me at the festival. I'll sign my name to it. Once again, it's something that's easy for white people to do. There's no risk. You don't got to go anywhere. You don't got to do anything. You can sit at your house and just click buttons and have them bring candles and dress it with shit. It's, 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 it's something that's easy for white people to do. And white people love easy shit. All right? Now, well, I know a lot of white workers, and they live out in the country, and they don't do that. You're, 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 well, that's because they're country people. Seriously, that's 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 my that's my goddamn wife's grandma still makes biscuits out of nothing. I mean, you know, just flour and shit and with a fork until she makes fucking biscuits, okay? And everybody else, even me, I get my biscuits in a goddamn can now, okay? And my grandsons and I chase the little man when I open the thing and it goes pop and where'd the little man go? And we run around looking for where where where, where the little man went. So it's some, so I guess I need to correct myself. I'm sorry. You're right. I need to correct myself. Let me say it correctly now. It's something that's easy for suburban and urban white people to do. There. There's the solid statement. Now, here's the deal. That's not all of – that's not all of hoodoo. Christy brought up something. My wife, Christy, brought up something in the chat room. Christy XP, by the way, is Mrs. Professor Porterfield. Um, I, I didn't name her that. You all named her that, okay? Like I was at a festival, and people were like, where's Mrs. Professor Porterfield? And, and she said she would live with that so only so long as Harry was Miss McHale, <laughs> Mr. Miss McHale. And she said, if Harry can be Mr. Miss McHale, then she could be Mrs. Professor Porterfield. And I just said, uh, you mean Frau Professor Porterfield? Frau Porterfield? Anyway, she brought this point up in the chat room. And let me say this so it's kept into the archives and people can auditorily hear it. People hate when you tell them they've got to wake up at dawn to do a spiritual bath. Now, not every spiritual bath is done at dawn, but – a cleansing, blessing, we're taking something off, we're putting good positive things on you that's done when the sun comes up. People lose their minds. Lose their minds. I gotta get up at dawn. Oh. Well, yeah, but don't you want this? See, apparently, let me tell you something. When somebody says, when somebody says that to me, what I say to them is, ah, I thought you was jinxed. I thought, I thought, I thought you were jinxed. You called me and said, oh, I got Professor Porterfield. I got this terrible situation. I got the jinx on me, and it's so awful, and the, my luck's gone, and the tires blew out, and the kids is eating the dog, and 
And, you know, uh, my husband came home drunk last night and pissed on the family Bible. And uh, I got to get this jinx off me. It's just awful. It's just, it's just awful. Okay. And I say, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. You're going to take this bath. Here are the ingredients. And here you're going to get up at dawn. Whoa. All of a sudden there's a problem. Now, let me be clear. They didn't say, I don't feel like I have the energy to do that. They don't say, I'm so tired. I don't know if I can do it. They don't say, I tried and I tried, and it was like something kept blocking me. I even set my alarm clock, Professor, and when I got up the next day, the alarm clock was on the other side of the room. No, that's interference. They say, oh, Dawn. Oh, you know, like Tony Orlando whining, where's Dawn? Okay. And I say to them, guess that jinx wasn't so goddamn bad. Now, was it? Guess that jinx wasn't so goddamn bad. Now, was it? How bad was the fucking jinx? Not so bad that your ass was willing to get up at dawn. Listen. I had something wrong with me, and the doctor said, you got to take cod liver oil, spoonful of it every day, and it'll cure you. It'll cure you. You'll be fine. I guarantee you, one week, cod liver oil, you're going to be fine. Have you tasted cod liver oil? I'm sure there are some people that just love it. Yummy, numb. Me, I, oh, and yet I will take my spoonful of cod liver oil to fucking not have whatever the fuck's wrong with me. I would rather take the nasty-tasting shit than be sick. But some people would rather be sick and cursed and drinks, have all their money dried up, have fucking shit on them when they walk through the house, have all their blessings taken away, and have themselves tied up, tied down, rooted under, rather than get up at fucking dawn and take a bath. So you gotta kind of wonder about what kind of fucking people are practicing fucking hoodoo when that's the way it is. Go and get somebody's foot track and put it in a goddamn glass jar and then what? Go get the foot track. What? When they walk on the ground and they leave a footprint. Go pick up that footprint. How am I going to pick up a footprint? Use a goddamn spatula. Use your fucking hand. Pick up the footprint. Put it in a jar. It doesn't have to be perfect. We're just picking up the dirt that they tread in. Oh, I don't want to get that stuff on my hand. Well, you're not doing fucking hoodoo then, are you? Are you? Are you? Scatter this shit in your yard, and it'll keep the law. Oh, I don't want to go out and put stuff in the yard. Ah, da, da, da. Bury his drawers in the backyard. Get a pair of his drawers and bury him in the backyard. And oh no, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to bury his drawers. Oh no, and he would notice, and he would. But really, he would notice. Now he would notice might be a good extent. Because I got to tell you, I'm married to a gal from East Texas, and I keep track of exactly how many pairs of drawers I have, okay? Like, I'm in there like, baby, where are my, where are my, uh, where are my checkered uh, boxers? And she'll say, I'm not sure where your checkered boxers are. And I, 20 years, have been married to her, and I'll spin on her in a minute and go, liar, where are they? I know you got them. I know you got them. Give them to me, woman. Give them drawers. I know you got my boxers. I know you got my goddamn, I want to, she'll go, no, I just don't know where they're in the laundry or something. I'm like, oh, oh, Jezebel, Jezebel. Okay, now it's me being crazy, but the point is this. People don't want to do this shit. Why? Because they're suburban, they're, they're suburban and urban white people. What does this have to do with high and low? Well, this is where it all comes from, high and low. 
See, high and low used to be on the outside. High and low used to be on the outside. Say it with me, children. High and low used to be on the outside. Can I get an amen inside this church? And do you know why it was on the outside? Because they didn't want to have shit to do with what we were doing. They didn't want to have shit to do with what black people and poor southern white fucking people did. They was fancier than that shit. They wanted to run off into the grove at fucking midnight naked and hail asarte. Magic is afoot. Hail to the goddess blessings, to the goddess blessings, to Hecate who howls in the night. An owl to my left and a jackal to my right. See, they didn't want nothing to do with our shit. They laughed at it and they mocked it. They wrote articles in their fucking goddamn pagan-ass magazines and talked about how fucking our shit was colored water and bullshit candles and herbs that had no known medical use. And that they were the true inheritors of medicine and herbal remedy. That they were the true ones doing that shit. And they didn't want to have shit to do with our stuff. And when you talk to them about it, it was all low and dark and troubling and dangerous, agreeable and nasty. I had a good-ass friend of mine. I had a good-ass friend of mine, okay? who was primarily an intuitive psychic. And this fucker and I used to tease each other. I would say, he would say something about how, uh, oh, I do this, when whatever, blah, blah, and it works really well, and you should really try it, and it's really a good thing. And I said, yeah, but when I get, uh, when I lose my keys, okay, when I lose my keys, I don't end up giving six people around me a goddamn migraine. You know, when I find my he looked me straight in the face, and although he was joking, he summed up an attitude. He said, yes, but when I lose my keys, I don't have to dig through mud and animal bones to find them. Now, it was a joke, and it was a joke between friends, and I had already taunted and teased him. But listen to the words out of the man's mouth. I don't have to dig through mud animal bones to find them. That's the qualifier here. People practicing hoodoo, conjure, and root work were either primitive, dark, of skin, and of mind, and of heart, and of spirit. Okay? Negative, evil even. Certainly uninformed. Certainly uninformed of higher ways of doing things. Or they were fools. They were superstitious fools. My magic is magic. Your magic is superstition. High and low. High and low. High and low. High and low. White people with their high magic. Why, we have to have swords consecrated to the proper power and then gather at the hour of Jupiter with the... the, the stone beneath our feet with the proper sigil carved into it by a master craftsman and the sword had to be made by a smith who never made a sword before and never made a sword since and cooled it in the blood of etc etc et and all of it's all high magic 
but your little red bag with what do you got in that little red bag? Grease and hair and some fucking leaves. <laughs> and that's the way it used to be. And you found it time and time and time again. And let me tell you something. I, at least, was content. I was fine. You bunch of ignorant assholes, that's fine. Go be ignorant assholes, and you don't need to come into my yard, and I ain't going to your yard, and we ain't going to get together and have dinner. And it was all fine. It was all fine. It was all fine. High and low used to be on the outside. Now say it with me once again. Let the church speak as one. But high and low is now on the inside. Can I get an amen from that? High and low is now on the inside because these people figured out that they wanted to do what we were doing. They wanted a taste. They certainly wanted a dollar amount, and they were going to get their asses in here any which way they fucking could. And they didn't give a shit where it came from. They didn't give a shit about no black people. They didn't give a shit about no Native American people. They didn't give a shit about no Jews. They didn't give a shit about no German, weird-ass German magic that even the Germans didn't want to fucking do, so they said, take your ass and go live in America. They didn't want to know about none of that shit. They didn't care about none of those people. They didn't care about anybody that's been depressed, oppressed, messed around, fucked over. All they wanted was the goddamn shit. Give me the magic, baby. And at first, and at first, it was an exchange-based situation. It was an exchange-based situation. I'll give you the money. You do the magic. And then along the way, they said, well, you know, hey, a lot of money changing hands here. And hey, you know, I feel like I can do this. And I'm called to it. They're all called to shit. My spirits told me. Who the fuck are you, spirits? Can you name one of them, or are they just called spirits? Do they got any names? Do they got any names? Do they got any fucking names? Hold on a minute here. Hold on a minute. Let me call somebody in here. Hold on. Paging Candelo Canvisa. Paging Candelo Canvisa. Candelo Canvisa. I bet your spirits got names. Ain't your spirits got names? Candelo spirits got fucking names. Okay? You hear what I'm trying to say to you? These people didn't have... They just just their, their spirits told them. Well, what spirit? Well, what spirit? The spirit of your grandparents? Okay. Did your grandparents have names? Okay, cool. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not getting on any high horse. Some of us have some of us have great grandparents that all we know to call them is moms and pops. You know what I'm saying? Pop 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 Jones. Pop Jones. You know how long I had to search before I could find my great grandfather's name? I mean, it took me five fucking years to find out what Pops Jones' name was. Okay? Because all I knew him was was that I was Pops. That's Pops. And everybody called him Pops. So I'm not, I'm not getting on a high horse here. I'm just saying spirits told you. See, people start saying this shit. My spirits told me. I have to leave here now. My spirits told me. What spirits and what they say? Oh, just my spirits. Just, just your spirits told you you've got to leave. Yeah, just your spirits. My spirits told me I can't play with you anymore. Or oh, which spirits? Which spirits? Are these animal spirits, plant spirits, spirits of the ancestors, spirits of the earth, spirits of the heavens, spirits of the stars? Spirits of hell, spirits of heaven. Who, who the fuck are these spirits? Oh, I can't get into that with you. I have to go now. I have to exit stage left. It's a, 
you know, it's a Tennessee Williams play, and I have to run off with my hand. You don't understand me. Okay. Are you fucking kidding me? What spirit? Why? I'm called to it. The goddess, this is my favorite, the goddess wants me to learn hoodoo. Really? The goddess wants you to learn hoodoo. Which goddess? God wants me to learn hoodoo. Which god? And why? And when did this message come to you? God, I'm a Jew and we believe in national revelation because I am so fucking sick and goddamn tired of all these people in their fucking rooms having these private-ass conversations with God when God tells them to do some crazy-ass shit. And no spirit's ever wrong? My, my spirit's in my whatever told me in the thing. In the, the, was this a dog that told you this, or was this a coyote? And if it was a coyote, why are you listening with the coyote? I mean, I mean, some of us have, but uh, I don't, I'm not sure. What? Okay. Every spirit's out to treat you well? No, no, no. So some get even more offensive. Marie Laveau told me, really? Really? Little mixed-ass hairdresser Marie Laveau told your white ass to practice fucking southern-style hoodoo. Really? Really? Were you intoxicated when she told you this? medication had you been on before she told you this that you weren't on at the time that she told you this and are you on that medication right now (sighs) they want it and they'll find any excuse I don't see why I can't it's an open system okay Let's get back to a honest answer. You're right. It's not initiatory. It's not initiatory. It's open. Anybody can practice it. You're right. Absolutely right. But could you practice it with some respect? Could you practice it with some goddamn respect? That's all we're asking. We're not asking that you be a particular color, a particular race, have a particular hair, have a particular melanin level of whatever. We're not going to do a reverse fucking paper bag test on your ass to see if You're dark enough to practice hoodoo. Question is, can you not show a little respect? And one of the steps of respect is to remember what the good old professor has told you many a time. You joined hoodoo. Hoodoo didn't join you. It's your job to cross the bridge. It's your job to cross the bridge. I don't want to do this homework because I would have to collect graveyard dirt, and I'm uncomfortable with that. You've got to cross the bridge. I don't want to do this because I would have to talk to people of a different color, and I don't want to do that. You have to cross the bridge. I don't want to learn foot track magic, how to use minerals, how to use Epsom salt. You know, there's a world of fucking Epsom salt out there. Like, literally, I could fill two fucking books with the shit you can do with Epsom salt. I don't want to use Epsom salt. You need to cross the bridge. It's your job to cross the bridge. If you were not raised with this or around this and you're going to join it, you're joining it. It's not joining you. There ain't no high. There ain't no low. 
That's a bunch of fucking bullshit. It's colonization and gentrification. There is. There is. You're not any less weird dancing naked under the moon than I'm You're not any less weird in a flowing red, I would hope real velvet, robe with a sword pointing at a star at a particular moment, a particular moment of a particular planetary hour, than I am making a mojo bag. You're not any cleaner or better or wiser or more advanced or more intelligent or less superstitious doing anything than I am when I go to talk to folks in the graveyard or when I throw something over my left shoulder into a crossroads or I cast something away into a stream or I take 13 steps backwards from a piece of work that I've laid. We have our own language. We have our own system. It has a continuity. It has a connection. This is not mindless. This is not something that is easily deconstructed. This is not chaos magic. Maybe at the end of the day, it might be jazz, or maybe it's just the blues. But if you don't give up on this high and low shit, you're going to end up with the low down mojo blues. Yeah, boy. 
Yes, and that was, of course, the low-down mojo blues by Blind Lemon Jefferson with the Paramount Shellac. And the full cookie goes to Catherine Ironwood with a half cookie going to Troll Towelhead. Don't you know that even back then, oh yes, and even a song such as that, you know, I think that... uh, Old Blind Lemon Jefferson was doing what we're all doing here on the LMC Radio Network, just trying to send out a signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network in the Vanguard! The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rook Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candela's Corner with Candelo Cambisa and Michael Carell, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lefay, Fridays 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Thank you, Troll Towelhead Chief Engineer here at the LMC Radio Network for that update of our shows on the station each and every week. I do have to add, however, that listen now. Listen. Listen up. Take it down. Take it down. We have had a return on sacred ground, on sacred ground with Kai Armand. That's right, Kai Armand, author of Deliverance. It's actually written that way, folks. Deliverance with Kai Armand on Sacred Ground has returned to Wednesdays. That's right, Wednesdays at 6 p. Eastern. He premiered it. He had his uh, return, beautiful return episode this Wednesday. Be sure to check him out. And could you take a few moments? Could you take a few moments and say a prayer or send a good thought? Send a good thought to Troll Towelhead because poor Troll Towelhead now has to record that entire damn thing again, even faster. So there's only so much air. So there you go. Good luck, Troll. We're thinking of you. Up next, we're going to go to the What We Do section. This week, we're going to be talking about the Book of Psalms. Oh, yeah. You got to know your Psalms, particularly if you're trapped out there on the highway. Number 61 I'm on leave, yeah, walking 
going down number 61 If I find my baby We are going to have some fun I walk 61 highway Till I give down in my knees because we're going to go on home and sit down with our Bible and read. So, uh, here we go. We're going to be talking tonight briefly about the book of Psalms. Now, we have so talked about the book of Psalms before on the show, and we've talked about Psalms and using them before. So we're going to kind of cover this briefly. What I want to do tonight is I want to hit a few high points that – I may not have hit before. Um, So, you know, we're just going to try to go over it. And if you're interested in what, you know, uh, what we talked about before on the show, go back, go back and see those shows. And I think you'll enjoy them. So first of all, let's talk about the book of Psalms. Here are a few things you might not know. It's the longest book of the Bible. Did you know that? Yeah, the book of Psalms is the longest book of the Bible. There are 150 psalms. The psalms are used in both Christian and Jewish worship. How strange that that should be true, considering they are, in fact, ancient Hebrew poems or songs employed in a variety of spiritual, magical, medical, and social circumstances. 
The Psalms were composed over a period of approximately a thousand years. Psalm 117, with two verses, is the shortest psalm. Psalm 119, with 176 verses, is the longest psalm. Psalm 108, verse uh, 8, is uh, generally the center of the Bible. Uh, not in how it's printed, but in terms of counting words backwards and forwards, because there are 594 chapters before Psalm 118, and there are 594 chapters after Psalm 118. Interestingly enough, because of this, Psalm 118, verse 8, actually is itself used. It is used in a magical way. Because it is seen as, you know, oh, it's obviously going to be this magical thing. It's right in the middle of the Bible. And then when you go to it, you find what it says. And it's an interesting thing. Psalm 118, verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in a man. Oh, dear. And so it is seen as being a reflection of God's perfect will. It's seen as being a reflection of God putting himself in the center of our lives, etc. The psalm that is generally the best known by most people across the board, often by heart, is the 23rd psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. Even though the psalm is associated with the passing of loved ones, it is in fact a psalm about walking through life with the Lord, and uh, as I spoke once on the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, some people believe that it is uh, directly talking about shepherding uh, metaphors and that, in fact, the table is meant to be the small table that was set up before sheep and that uh, goodness and mercy are actually meant to represent sheepdogs. So these are a few little facts you may not have known about psalms. Uh, the word psalm uh, comes from the Greek, meaning song sung to a harp. Uh, and another name for the book of psalms is a, a, a psaltery, which is from uh, the Greek meaning to play on a stringed instrument. So all of these psalms have, or accepted to have, uh, a magical use. And what is interesting is that you will find agreement and then you will find a great deal of divergence. So, I, oh, I should probably also point out to you that uh, Psalm 119 uh, is in fact an acrostic. It's an acrostic poem. Uh, it's one of about a dozen alphabetical acrostic poems in the in the Bible, uh, but its 176 uh, verses are divided into 22 stanzas, one stanza for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, within each stanza, each of the eight verses begins in Hebrew with that letter, uh, and the name of God appears over 24 times in Psalm 119. Very potent and powerful psalm. You might want to check it out need to know a little bit about Hebrew to really get it. To go back to what I was saying, we see that the Psalms 
are used in a lot of – so in other words, let's put it this, this way. You will say, uh, oh, uh, you use Psalm 4 this way, and you'll find tons of people who agree to that, and you can generally link – them culturally in one way or another where they're getting that information from and then suddenly you'll find another group that says oh no psalm 4 is used in some completely different way and these have proven to work so they work both ways it would be very difficult to ever collect a a total book of the psalms meaning a total book that says this is how they're all used and gives you every variation. But do not for a second think that this is some new advent, that this idea of the recitation of a particular psalm bringing about a particular influence to bring children home, to help uh, husbands stay at home and not wander, you know, sniff around other women, to help uh, uh, relieve sickness, uh, to bless a married couple, uh, to bring money, to help a job, to help keep uh, a boss off of you. These workings that I just named all originally come from early Jewish use of the Psalms, the, the secrets, if you will, the secrets, if you will, of these Psalms. We've talked about the individual Psalms so much, so, so very much on the show before that I, we're really not going to get back into it tonight. You can go back and listen to those individual shows. What we're going to talk about tonight is this idea of actually using them in the, you know, here they are. Here they are. The next thing I would like to say to you about them is don't get stuck on them. Yes, there is an incredibly rich tradition of using them, but they're not the only thing. The book of Proverbs, or Proverbs as some people, the book of Proverbs has magical uses as well. In fact, Pretty much any written component, anything in the Bible, in particular in what people call the quote Old Testament, although people use the New Testament as well, uh, has value. It has tremendous value, not just as prayer, but again, in magical and spiritual work. Time tested, time true. Helping with stomach complaints, stopping bleeding, driving away snakes. The list goes on and on and on. Protecting one from enemies, bringing a new love. Even things that people think of being modern. When I tell you that there is a psalm that can be used to aid you in a divorce, meaning to make the divorce go easier, everybody's, you know, cool with everybody and we're not going to be battle, etc., Some people, because they're uninformed, immediately think this is a modern advent. Well, that's got to be modern. Of course that's modern, right? I mean, Henry VIII, right? Henry the freaking Eighth. I am, I am. Okay, everyone was a Henry. It wasn't a, you know, a a Harry or a Sam. All right? So it's got to be modern. Except... Let's go back to what we talked about earlier. Let's go back to talk about colonization and gentrification for just a moment in terms of what we're talking about now, the Psalms. You see, that would show that you hadn't scratched very deep in foot. You had not actually dug enough because if you had, what you would have 
known is that the Jewish people have had divorce a lot longer than any Henry VIII. In fact, it's called a get. Just like to get something, like go get a, hey, go go get me that, go get me that, that, that barrel, Billy. Give me that bear. G-E-T, get. All right? But it's it, it means a divorce. It's a divorce. So you in English, you would say you get a get. Ha ha. So other people want to come in. They want to say, oh, oh, wait a minute. You know, the Vikings. We all love Vikings. Well, okay, first of all, no, you don't love Vikings because Viking is a verb. Viking is an action word. One, Vikings. Okay, it's a profession. Okay, carpenter, Viking. All right, you don't love Vikings. If you love Vikings, that's like having I love Viking culture. You love plumbing culture. Okay, it's a profession. It's an action. It's the thing that's done. What you're saying is you love uh, Indo-Nordic, Scandinavian-based peoples, and lots of people to bolster up how wonderful and bright and kick-ass these people were, and not that they weren't point out that they had divorce. And then, of course, the evil Christians come and decimate them and take over and force them into Christianity, which, by the way, they totally didn't do it. In fact, most of the uh, Nordic kings uh, adopted uh, Christianity for a variety of primarily political and economic reasons and then enforced it by their will on their own people. So, whatever. The point again here is that they will say, oh, well, the Vikings... I don't know, the, the carpenters, uh, and not the band, not the group, uh, the carpenters, the plumbers, uh, had divorce. The Vikings had divorce, and that's why they were kick-ass and cool. Uh, and see how uh, elevated and wonderful they were, uh, because they're not patriarchy. They're not terrible patriarchal people. And uh, there are certain Native American tribes, uh, first tribes, that had divorce. And see how wonderful they are, and they're not terrible, horrible patriarchal people. Unlike those Abrahamic religions! that we hate they're patriarchal because obviously if you sat down at any given table and you had Jews, Muslims and Christians and of Christians then you had uh, uh, Protestants and non-Protestants oh oh, and by the way uh, Eastern Orthodoxy and Western Orthodoxy all of those fuckers are exactly the same I mean dyed in the wool they're all the same aren't they except they're not See, but again, to suit the aims of certain people, they become all the same. And so a Jew is just like a Christian, except a Jew is nothing like a Christian. Except, you know, what, uh, what about what about Judeo Christian? What about Judeo Christian? And my response is, I don't know her. Who? Is she cute? Uh, no. Okay, no, no, not the same. In fact. Hate to break it to you, but what you're going to find is that most of your followers of Islam, most of your Muslims, are much closer to much of your Jews, etc., back and forth, vice versa, than the Jewish Christian Christian Jew. Sorry. What's the point of that? The point of that is that divorce, a psalm to be used to aid in a matter of divorce, predates Henry the fucking eighth by almost a thousand years. People get things twisted up. You think this is new. It's not new. But what has it got to do with hoodoo? What it's got to do with hoodoo is that hoodoo takes the use of the Psalms almost 
whole cloth from their German and Judaic uses. The Secrets of the Psalms, people. Terribly popular book. Well, they didn't read books. Real people that do, real who do, never read them. Okay, we've talked about that on shows before. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want you in my studio. The point is, this is a pop. Things, uh, certain things in hoodoo came to hoodoo whole cloth. Okay, they're not mod- They're not modern advents. They're not weird things that people are going. Oh, because you're low magic and you're superstitious, man. Once again, what this is is. Eliminating, writing out, negating, getting rid of the magic and spiritual beliefs and religion of people you don't fucking like. Colonization and gentrification. Colonization is when we just want it to die so we can take it over. Gentrification is when we figured out, wait a minute, let's not kill them all, we can make a buck off it. Seriously. The Psalms in particular, and everybody loves the Psalms. I'm going to say this, it's hat-burning time. It's hat-burning time. It's hat-burning time. You have heard me say a number of times on this show, if you cannot respect black people, if you cannot respect in particular African Americans, because not all black people are African Americans, if you cannot respect them, could you do me a favor and not practice hoodoo? If you can't be interested in the struggles, the needs, and the day-to-day lives of black people in America, could you not practice hoodoo? Please? Please? Could you just you know, not make a buck off of it, particularly? I mean, if you're going to practice it, I can't stop you. This is America. Everybody's free in America to do what they want to do in America. But maybe could you do that in private? And if you're going to do that in private, could you tr- please not make a buck off it? All right. If you hate black people, could you stop trying to make a buck off of something that's basically theirs? Okay. Now, you've heard me say that time and time again. Here's a new one. Here's the one where Professor Porterfield has a box of matches. Box of matches. Don't know if you can hear him. And he's going to burn some hats. I know y'all love the Psalms. I know you love them. You love to use the Psalms. In fact, you'd rather use the Psalms than use the book of Proverbs rather than use things out of Genesis, things out of Deuteronomy, things out of Leviticus, things out of Hebrews, things out of Revelations, things out of Thessalonians, etc., etc., etc. You love using the Psalms. Could you do me a favor? Because it's really become an issue lately. If you don't like Jewish people, if you don't like Jews, and if in particular uh, – and this is a personal issue. Uh, a few people in the chat room will understand me on this one. In particular, if you think some group of people that isn't the Jews, that are not the Jews, are the Jews, and that the Jews that you find out there uh, are actually sinister figures who have stolen Judaism from the real Jews. So and I don't give a fuck who you think the real Jews are. I don't care if you think it's the British aristocracy. I don't care if you think it's the Navajo. I don't care if you think it's uh, uh, any group of people from Africa that uh, have never had any contact. I don't care if you think it's Chinese. I don't care if you think it's the – I don't care who. I don't care if you think it's this one group of people living in Siberia. It's the American Masons. I don't care if you think it's a John Birch Society. 
is the John Birch Society still around? I don't give a fuck if who you think. But if you think that there's some group of people that are the real Jews and that the Jews on the street that you might meet as you're walking with your feet and you're going from day to day, the people that you meet, the Jews in your neighborhood are not real Jews, but they stole Judaism or you hate Jews. Or you think Jews should be rounded up and killed. Or you think Jews are evil and wicked and they some should always be depicted as some sort of multi, uh, multi-armed individual. A spider, a squid, uh, an octopus, anything that's got a lot of arms. Particularly anything that's got a lot of arms that likes to throw its arms around the globe. If those are your opinions about Jews, could you do me a big favor? Really appreciate it. Could you fucking not use the goddamn Psalms? Well, they're in the Bible. They belong to Christians now. Oh, really? Did you miss what I said earlier about colonization and gentrification and oppression? Did you miss that? Did 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 you miss that? Did you miss that? Go back and re-listen. Could you please do that? If you hate fucking Jews, stop using the fucking Psalms. I know you think that everything in that goddamn book belongs to you because a Jewish carpenter by day, rabbi by night, got fucked over by some Romans. I get that. That's fine by me. We don't have an argument about that. But literally, these are songs and poetry. Jewish fucking people. So if you hate Jews, could you stop using that? And could you step the fuck back and consider what you're dragging in? Because if you think that there's only racism involved in certain people wanting to practice who and these wicked are because they're just racists, you're wrong. They're also fucking anti Semites, homophobes, Islamophobes, misogynists, and every other kind of mean, nasty, miserable group W son of a bitch that you'd ever want to find who are all up in hoodoo these days. So could you just do that for me? Hope you got a little information about that, as well as a little rant. Sorry about that. Moving right along, we're now going to go, well, let me just put it this way. Why don't you all just chill, relax, let's all have a little drink of cool water and take a breath and come on in my kitchen. Come on in my kitchen. 
uh, in uh, Papyrus 5 of the Chester Beatty Papyrus, uh, dating to approximately uh, uh, 1300 B.C. Um, it has been, again, used in a number of different things. Um, modern Egypt, it's used in modern Egypt because it's thought to have an aphrodisiac property, believe it or not. And it's also used uh, in a, a bath in Japan to, for children to promote good health and to ward off evil. But what about in what about what about in hoodoo? Well, calamus root controls people. It breaks jinxes, and it's lucky. You'll also find it as a component, by some, of a nation sack, which is the reason we played. Uh, come on in my kitchen. We played it for two reasons. A, this is the in the kitchen section, and B, he mentions the nation sack. Calamus can be made into a controlling sprinkle, mojo, incense, and chew. Think back to our German ginger for a moment. Mix calamus and licorice with commanding powder and sprinkle it in a room where you plan to meet someone you wish to control. Or you can burn calamus root chips with essence of bendover incense while performing domination candle magic. To dominate in a love affair, however, add calamus root to any conjure bag filled with lovers. A man can control a woman if he chews calamus root and spits it on her menstrual blood, either fresh blood or on her soiled clothing. Calamus can also be used to unjinx a sexual nature. To do this, you would boil calamus root in a quart of whiskey until the liquid is reduced to one pint. So let's go over that one more time for those of you who have trouble with uh, measurements. A quart of whiskey will be boiled with calamus root in it until reduced to one pint. Then you strain out the roots and add a fresh pint of whiskey, and then you drink a daily dose of that as a medicine to restore stolen or jinxed nature. Those are a few interesting notes about calamus. Let's talk a little bit more about it. It has a wonderful, wonderful odor and scent to it. It itself, calamus, again, also known as sweet flag, uh, has a, a very long history of medicinal use in Chinese and Indian herbal traditions. The leaves, stems, and roots are used in various Ayurvedic and Siddha medicines. It is widely employed in modern herbal medicines uh, for its uh, sedative, uh, laxative, diuretic, and carminative properties. Uh, it's been used to counter the side effects of hallucinogens. Sweet root is often called rat root by the Chippewa people, and it is one of the most widely and frequently used herbal medicines amongst them. Chewing the rootstock of the plant can cause visual hallucinations, possibly uh, for a variety of reasons not completely known. Uh, it's uh, sometimes used as a pond plant in horticulture, uh, and there is at least one ornamental cultivar known uh, amongst it. And in modern research, uh, calamus 
protective effect against stroke and chemically induced uh, neurodegradation in rats. Uh, specifically, it has provided effective treatment against certain neurotoxins. Uh, its roots and leaves have shown uh, antioxidant properties. And uh, recent studies uh, show that uh, beta aerosone isolated from its oil uh, inhibits uh, or reduces uh, uh, lipid accumulation in fat cells. So an interesting plant that has been used for thousands of years. Again, don't get things twisted up. Don't think that, oh, here is hoodoo. Hoodoo exists in America. Hoodoo exists in America after the time that slaves, free peoples, kidnapped and enslaved, brought to America, are here. Then there is hoodoo. Therefore, nothing in hoodoo has any age older than that. First of all, that's part of the process of trying to make it, quote, low trying to call it superstition, trying to say that it's just foolishness on the part of these people. And it's not. These people knew a thing or two, okay, of their own herbology, of their own religion, of their own magical and folk practices. And then of all of those that they gathered from the people they met, Native Americans and others. And this all went into the savory pot that was hoodoo, that pot that sits cooking in our kitchen here on the Now You Know show each and every week. And this week, we made sure that there was a little calamus in our pot. Folks, time's running out. There's a little more than a month left, a month and a couple of weeks. That's it. Get your tickets now for the 2017 Hoodoo Heritage Festival in beautiful Forestville, California. Go out online and look. You can find it. It's sponsored by the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, also located in Forestville, California. I will be there. Many other people will be there. Catherine Ironwood, Troll, Talhead, Candelo, Canvisa, Andrea Weston, Beverly Smith, Co Meadows, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, uh, oh, goodness, 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 goodness me. So many people. Miss Aida will be there. Miss Robin York, a host of people for our panel discussion workshop. People teaching you about moving candles. You'll get four. Can you count it, baby? Can you count it? Four free, the authors of those books, and hear fantastic lectures from those authors, you'll get to see all sorts of magic being done and learn all about it. There'll even be two fantastic opening ceremonies that are going to blow your mind. So why not go to hoodooheritagefestival.com. Tickets are on sale now. Be there or be square because for now, I've got to go. This is, after all, the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end, uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning.
Woodworth, Texas, and go to Texarkana, and jump back to Fullworth. Come on down to Dallas, King Kong, Kitty, coming through the territory in Kansas City, and Kansas City, St. Louis, and St. Louis, Chicago. I'm on my way to doing well. Oh. 